guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Sean, this is the first time I've been in your office. Well, welcome, Michael. <laughs> we are at Newport Harbor High School in the administration office. Welcome to another edition of the Student Manager. It's Fonger News. We're with Julie Crossen. Did I enunciate that right? You did, yes. She is a high school counselor, letters S through Z. Is Correct. that right? Correct. And she is a monarch, modern day monarch. But we're here at Harbor because, as Sean said, just monarchs are just everywhere. That's they? right. That's right. They're like ants. They're just everywhere. This episode's going to be great because, first, most of my guests, if you guys follow, the guests are from either Newport Harbor High School or Modern Day. And the whole goal of this podcast, we're up to 83 episodes now. And you were, Sean, one of the very first ones. So thank you. To help parents and students with the college search and admission process. We're back in school. So first, congratulations, because is it great to be back with students? It's absolutely great. The magic is back. We're slowly regaining a lot of it. The energy's back. There's still some trepidation about COVID. Unfortunately, we do have to wear masks inside. I think it's a small ask, given the numbers and the risk of COVID. But for the most part, the students are complying. Teachers are teaching. We're having a lot of instructional lessons that are dynamic. We're back, the energy's back, the vibe is back, and the mojo's back. And sports is back with fans. It's fantastic. I mean, I actually went to a Newport Harbor volleyball game last yeah. week, and it was exciting. Which, which we won. Yeah, against, against a Trinity League, right? <laughs> yeah. Five sets. How would you do against Modern Day? <laughs> well, all kidding put aside, Michael, you know, both schools are great schools. They really are. Absolutely. All right, so a year of COVID has come in, I'm not going to say gone, but... Do you think there was a setback in learning? And if so, at the high school level, as well as maybe at the lower levels? Yeah, I'll let Julie answer that from a counseling position and then... I think from an organizational perspective, there's been a setback in just time management and learning how to kind of adhere to deadlines. There's more flexibility when you're at home, easy to get distracted. So. I don't know if it's necessarily a loss, but I think it has been a detriment to students not being in a formal classroom um, and just not having the same structure at home. And just as a father, I was talking to my kids the other day, they're freshmen here this year, and they were talking about just stamina, routine, just getting back into waking up early, getting ready for school, being organized for school. And I think a lot of students across the board are just struggling with that. Learning loss, I don't know how real it is. I do know that our teachers have never worked so hard as they did in the pandemic. And the instructional material and just the content was at a very high level. So I don't think the learning loss is as bad as people think, but I think the stamina, the concentration, and just the organizational skills have gone by the wayside, which we, right. which we have to regain. Right. Well, it's amazing because I was just talking to Julia on my way here, and she's at her first day back at Wisconsin and it's not like waking up at 9.58 for a 10 o'clock Zoom class rolling out of bed, right? You got to actually have a little rigor and some schedule and discipline to it, but that's part of it. Let's talk about juniors and seniors, class of now it's 22 and class of 23. What should they be doing now as we're in September, fall in terms of the college process, the application? So we'll break it down with seniors. I think a lot of them are excited to be back on campus and excited to get into the college process, but feeling maybe a little lost, kind of where to start and overwhelmed with 
just the process and the minutia that goes along with college applications. So I think for seniors, they should be narrowing down their final list, if not finalizing that list, and then really researching deadlines, making sure that they have enough time on their hands to meet um, 10 schools that have November 1 deadlines, maybe with 10 different applications, there comes a lot of time management. So I think it's really just kind of organizing, narrowing down that process, um, and really making sure it's a good fit. I think that is the biggest question that kids will come into our office and say, here's my list, what do you think? Um, and it, I think everybody's list is different for different reasons, so there is no one-size-fits-all when it goes to college, when it comes to college. Um, I do think that a lot of kids are feeling, because we've been home for so long, uh, they're afraid to maybe venture out, and some of them are excited to leave the nest, and some of them are a little nervous as well. So with California schools being like super competitive um, and applications just continuing to rise, I think it's forced a lot of seniors to really kind of have to look out of their, their general area. Right, and, and if you follow my podcast, most of the guests are coming from uh, your alma mater, Modern Day, Newport Harbor, a lot of them that are very smart, intelligent, that can't get into the UCLA's, the USC's, Cal's are going out of state. First, you probably see a lot of that here. Definitely. A and do you do you get a sense of, and, and you have so many students, are their lists all the same? <laughs> Sometimes, depending depending on who maybe their outside college counselor is, sometimes I will see um, Gonzaga pop up, for example. I'm like, oh, tell me about Spokane. Why did you pick Gonzaga? Um, and so having been there, I kind of know, you know the pluses and minuses maybe of that school and some of the schools that we've visited. But I think what's consistent is probably maybe where um, former alum have gone and where they're really happy um, with social media. These kids are able to connect with, with students that just graduated and are off at college. Um, they're able to see you know, what's happening. So for example, Ole Miss is huge right now in our area. And kids are happy there. They're, right. they're really enjoying the experience. Um, the pressure of getting in maybe isn't the same as a USC or a UCLA, but it's, it's got football and it's got a lot of the things that kids are looking for in California. It's just not here. So I think social media has really taken the college process a completely different direction because you don't necessarily have to step foot on campus to see what's happening. Absolutely. And, and, and you're talking about Ole Miss. A few episodes ago, I had Close and Richter on okay. uh, for, 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 from, from Newport Harbor. Yeah. What, what advice and recommendation would you give to that high school senior? Because everyone I talk to, they're already stressed out their senior year. They're getting it from their peers as well as their parents. And I always ask the students, what advice would you, you know, tell your parents? And they say, just back off, relax. I'm, right. I'm already stressed. What, what advice would you give? Well, I think looking at it from a parent perspective, I mean, they're stressed about the unknown as well. Um, so I think from the student, just looking at the organizational piece, just keep pushing, keep staying engaged. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is maybe let your foot off the gas and you know drop down to not taking as rigorous of courses or really feeling kind of burned out. I think the, the end game is so close that it's just one day at a time, right? I think looking at the bigger picture and looking at where I'm gonna go next year can be stressful and overwhelming. So for my seniors, it's just one day at a time. It's about happy, healthy, balanced, um, and the college process is, is you really have to be organized for it. So the more organized you are up front, the better off you're going to be in the long run. 
Sean, a lot of students I've also had on, and they're coming back, I mean, a lot of AP classes, a lot of honor classes, and a lot of IB classes. But at the end of the day, everything always works out. They're going to end up at the college they end up, and I won't mention any names that were on my podcast, but they said, I, I really shouldn't have taken all these AP classes. I wish I had more of a balanced life in high school. Right. Yeah, and Julie makes some really salient points about Old Miss, and there's some other colleges and universities across the country where students feel very, very comfortable there because it's about the culture, the climate. And also, you didn't have to really stay up until midnight every night and work on weekends to get in there. And juniors, you know, you asked the original question about juniors and seniors, what should they be doing right now? I think juniors should be really honing in on what makes them comfortable. What is their passion and where do they want to make the next step, especially during their senior year in 2022-23? Because it all kind of combines together when they graduate, right? The work that they do now, the work that they do their senior year and getting into the right college and university, it's just all about culture and climate. And, And I think that a lot of students overburden themselves. The first taste of it is that junior year where they're taking three APs, two IBs, they're playing a sport, music, drama, choir, dance, and they're just burning the candle at both ends of the stick. So it's just about balance and knowing that at the end of the road, you will find the right place. You always do find the right place and you're talking about balance and the workload. So yes or no, as we go into this fall, ACTs and SATs, should students be taking them or not? Give us a little update. They should be, they should be. And, and why? Well, that's the endless debate, right? Which one should I take, ACT or SAT? But students need to get back into the routine of taking standardized tests because a lot of these tests are no longer going to be online. A lot of colleges, I think, down the line are going to be looking at them. And although there's been like this promise or this this statement from a lot of colleges and universities that they're not looking at ACT, SAT, or AP or IB scores as much as they used to, I still think that they do. And I don't think it necessarily matters what you score on it. I think it shows that you have grit if you take the exams and that you follow through, especially if you're in an AP or IB class. But also these national exams, you have to study for them. You have to go through a testing window of three, four hours. You have to make the time. You have to be organized to make the time to take the test. And I think they do matter. I agree. I think they're value added when it comes down to the application and really looking at what sets students apart. It's, um, you know, what does the school offer and what have they done above and beyond? And sometimes it is that SAT or ACT or the community service or things that they've done that really sets them apart. And one other thing, Julie, I always add is, I mean, colleges will look at just on paper. Everyone looks the same, right? 4.0, unweighted, all these AP classes. So what really separates them is the essay and how they separate themselves. So what recommendations do you give to your students on the essay and how to be different? I think just using their own voice is huge. showing passion and purpose and and really allowing that reader to kind of get a a sense of who they are. Um, We know, you know, the reader knows about their grades. They know everything on a transcript. So I try to encourage students to tell their story about what is not obvious on a transcript. Give me something tangible. I, I tell students that don't let your parents edit it, don't let your parents read it, don't let your college counselor you edit that? Or read it. <laughs> I think that they just need to submit, if they want to have, for you know, just gr- 
grammar. They want to grammatically correct it. Have an English teacher or a counselor or myself take a first look at it, but submit it on your own, write it on your own, and find your own voice. Do I have the story correct, the bacon story? Is it the bacon? Can you just refresh everybody's, it, it's the, it's, I think it has something to do with the essay. Am I wrong? Well, the bacon story is about. I, th- I thought we talked about it on my last podcast. It was like just some unique situation on standing out or, no, that was, you know what, that's an outside counselor that talked about bacon. So, so. I have a good one for you. Okay, okay. so let's hear it. So, Julie, give us your, your um, one best of story. The better essays that I have read was a student who worked at 31 Flavors okay. at Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins. And they <laughs> talked about the scooping and just the, you know, the demands of the customer. And it really kind of sank in. I, re- I remember the student worked at Baskin Robbins. And um, the essay was so compelling just about life skills and things that didn't even have to do with school or AP classes. But it just kind of showed me that they had experience beyond sitting in a classroom and yeah, I remember and, that and it's funny that you remember that and the, there's it a stands handful out. It, it totally stands out and the handful that I do remember one that just totally stands out is that there was a female student here who went to Indonesia on a surf trip and then she wound up building this water well in this village and just the significance and the meaning of it no one edited her essay. Her parents didn't even see it. Her college counselor didn't see it. Her English teacher helped her for you know grammar and just syntax. But it was just so profound and powerful how it wasn't about so much the surfing, going overseas, but just this water well and what it meant to the community. And right. in connecting that you know, paralleling it with some of the other things that happen here, whether it's, you know, we're not building water wells here, but some of the significant things we do on campus to build that culture and that climate again, and what that significance is in a kid's life. It was just incredible. And I do reiterate to students as well as parents I talk to on and off the podcast, people don't want to hear about the winning goal or ASB or pay trip to a third world country to go help somebody because you're not separating themselves and and I don't want to get morbid or anything but people like tragic stories right uh, there's people that got in on uh, my guess so UCLA uh, one from Notre Dame and one from uh, Wilson up in uh, uh, Long, Beach. Long Beach two tragic stories they didn't have the 3839 unweighted and they both said I think I got in because I had tough enough schedule and rigor but it was my character and my essay that probably got me in right. so right. Julie, I have a question for you because mm-hmm. especially living out here, almost half, if not more, people have an external counselor. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We had an external counselor, but I still think a high school counselor is very legitimate and you need to have that guidance, not only for your classes, but to give you an, a different perspective too. So what do you see as your challenge competing with these outside counselors or what advice would you give to any student or parent listening, how to take advantage and leverage someone like yourself? Um, I think the pressure from the outside really pushes kids to um, be more of a mass, right? So they go to visit this outside college counselor and everybody's applying to these schools. It doesn't really give them the opportunity to break down them as a unique person. And I think with the high school counselor, we are with our students for four years and we really have an opportunity to kind of get into the nitty gritty of who they are um, and not necessarily put them in a box, one size fits all, everybody's going to this university. Um, I think with college counselors, they can be really beneficial in just helping that student stay organized 
parents and it allows the parents to kind of take a step back to know that they're being hand, you know handled and managed and um, meeting those deadlines but I think the the high school counselor sees a lot of stuff on the ground level and really can connect with the kid um, you know during the school day where we're we're getting to see that kid more often right and so we really can support the students and kind of just have candid conversations about pros and cons and really throw a lot of different things on the table that they can analyze about co the college process so if there's one message let's role play here I'm a Newport Harbor High School parent I'm not but we're gonna role play here Sean <laughs> wants me to be so you won't offend me like what's that one message you want to get across every sailor parent that you can't say but you want to say it because you can say it to me I think taking the time to build relationships really is is key and we fight that battle on counseling a lot where they have these outside people and they don't take the time to build the relationships with the people on the ground level whether it's teachers administrators counselors build those relationships teacher teach your kids to build relationships because that's what life is about you go out, you have to work with bosses you may not like, but you have to have a relationship to be successful. And that's probably my my biggest biggest thing to, to give across, my message to give across to parents is get your kids to build relationships with people on this campus. Julie, that's amazing what you just said because you're echoing some of the comments on my podcast and we always wrap up and we talk about college is four years. What are you gonna really learn and take away? It's an experience. You learn how to drink and party, and, and that's and, and maybe time management. But go network and meet people. Like my kids are seeing that through people I'm introducing them through at the college level, and I said, "This is what it's all about. Go meet them. Go get a job. Right. Yep. Learn how to interview. Learn Absolutely. How to, learn how to talk to people. Absolutely. Sean, as we wrap up, what, what's one message that you would like to say to the community as we're here in the fall? And we're going through this college search and admission process for seniors, but as well as younger kids, too. That there are 2,700 colleges and universities in the United States that the top 60 are really tough to get into. And if that's your goal, go for it. And I don't want to ever discourage a kid from going for a Michigan, a Harvard, a Stanford or a USC. But they're tough schools to get into. And. I always give the popcorn analogy. You brought up bacon, right? I give the popcorn analogy that, you know, when you pop popcorn, not all the kernels pop at once. And kids are like that. They pop at different times in their life. And if they go to junior college or community college, or if they go to a school that you don't quite know about or think that they belong there because it's a less than school, it's not. It's an experience. And it goes back to what you're saying and Julie was saying about relationships, experience, and the takeaways that their gift and their pop may happen later in life. And you can go anywhere in this country at any accredited college or university and you can become anything you wanna be. And I think that's the most important message that students need to know. You get 30 seconds to plug Drury, go. Drury College, Springfield, Missouri, where I went, 1,800 students, it's up to about $32,000 a year now. I, I think my class average was about 10 to 15, got to know professors, again, getting back to the relationship piece. Professors knew you by first name, you didn't show up. Next time you were in class, they asked where you were, right? They were in graduate assistance teaching. These were PhDs teaching 10 to 15 kids per class, and I think I got a world-class education. Julie, 30 seconds to pub. Gonzaga. Well, I went to Gonzaga and it ended up not being a great fit for me um, coming from Orange County. I finished up at Fullerton and um, had amazing instructors and amazing and 
it probably was a situation where people thought, oh, why is she going to Cal State Fullerton? And you know what? I got a world-class education from there as well and met so many people, was able to work and commute from home and really get some life skills. So That could be an episode in itself. I always talk about that yep. transfers, like, you know, are you going to the right school, the right fit? And there's a right fit for everybody, 2,700 schools. Yeah, right? it, it wasn't a right fit for me, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you make... And you, you make had choices. The and I all, had a great experience. It all works out, right? It Joy? did, and it all worked out. Coming up, I think there's going to be a couple events, not only uh, at your high school, but other high schools around here. You have the regional um, admissions, California counselors. You mm-hmm. have counselors coming here, I think, in September and October. Mm-hmm. Why don't you promote that? What, what, how should a student take advantage of it? And if a parent's listening, how do you get your student to go and what should they be doing there? So here at Newport Harbor, um, Nicole Mack is our point person for all um, admissions counselors. It's 9 to 12, so don't wait until senior year to decide to go meet an admissions officer. Again, going back to relationships, create those relationships, shake their hands, say your name, make sure they, you know, you're looking them in the eye and they know who you are. Um, I think from freshman year on, if you are at, remotely interested in any university, haven't heard of the school before, go give them a visit at lunchtime. So, you know, everything's posted on our website. We do a great job of bringing people in. People want Newport Harbor kids. And, you know, I, I thought I was going to wrap up, but I, you just said two things that I got to follow up with. So you said people want Newport Harbor kids. The, colleges look at different high schools mm-hmm. and the rigor and the academics. And, and, and that's why, especially in this area, a lot of my guests are coming from Harbor, Modern Day, or CDM. Those high schools produce very character, intelligent kids that colleges want. So they're always in this area. For sure. For right. sure. Our kids work hard. They take rigorous classes. They're involved in a lot of different things. They know how to you know, be, be grounded and balanced because that's what we preach here. So I, I think you know, Newport kids do really well in college. But the other gift, Michael, that Julie's talking about is these college recruiters come in or these college admissions counselors, Mm -hmm. and they're in our library. They're very accessible. From September to about April, they show up. You don't have to be a senior to go see them. Go meet them. Get their business card. Email them. Follow up. And network. I hope for those that are listening out there, I mean, you guys, that's the biggest takeaway is always the networking and the introductions. Uh, You know, I have a sophomore son now. I keep on wanting to say freshman because they were, (laughs) right? Everything was virtual. But with the college fairs coming up or or with anything that you get a chance, colleges like that demonstrating of interest. And and Julie's shaking her head Mm -hmm. because a lot of, people that I've talked to, I said, go on their websites, register for a campus visit, uh, email them, even if you know the answer, just email them about something. So it looks like you're demonstrating interest. Yes. I tell students, don't ask them something that's apparent on the website because then they know you didn't do your research, but where's your favorite place on campus to eat? If you had 25 minutes in the area, where would you go? 
in the name, you know, like on right. campus or off campus, because it gives you a sense of culture. And I think that's really important for students to visualize themselves on that campus. Well, that's why I tell everybody should be listening to my podcast, because the students give the raw stories. We go into favorite places to eat, favorite places to go out when your parents are in town. The, the, the stories yeah. and experiences that well, the, most the, counselors yeah, aren't going to give. The, the right. Old Miss podcast, right? What is Old Miss all about? It's about cowboy boots, belt buckles, and country <laughs> music, right? And I think that, that's an experience in itself. Absolutely. Coming from here. And I tell people, because in this time, do you recommend, and I have everybody, I mean, there's social media out there, but I say go visit the campus. Step foot on that campus, walk around, tell your parents to sit aside, let you go do whatever you want to do for 10, 15 minutes because you're going to, it's kind of like buying a house. Although students have never bought a house before, but parents have, it's you know. When you step foot on that campus, you kind of know right away. So it's not too late if you're a senior because a lot of people will wait until they apply. Right. What's your take on that? Because they're going to say, I'll go visit it if I get accepted. But how do you know what schools you want to apply to if you haven't visited yet? Well, did you visit Gonzaga before you went? I did. I okay. actually okay. did. Okay. I actually did. I actually then. did. So, yeah, I mean, I probably have a different opinion on this one because I do think sometimes you think it's going to be a good fit and then socially, you know, academically, it just isn't the right place. Um, but I also think we have so many great schools in our backyard here in Southern California that even if you could just find a campus that you liked here, like the difference between Chapman and UC Irvine, there's a vast difference. Then you go in and see your college or you know your college counselor, your high school counselor, and you say, "Okay, I really love Chapman. What other ideas do you have for me?" And then we have visited, we have stepped foot because not everybody has the means to visit. But yes, by all means, if you can get on a college campus, go. Go sit in the commons or the student union. Yes. yes. Two hours. The cafeteria. Yeah. The student union is like the best watching. People watch. Right. You've been listening to another episode of the Student Manager. It's Fonger News. We thank you, Sean. Thank, thank you, you Julie. Quick, simple, hopefully this helps students as well as parents. Fonger News, out.